Hello, I'm Kate Chabot. Welcome to an extra edition of the SITREP podcast. The UK spends tens of billions of pounds on its nuclear deterrent, submarines, missiles and nuclear warheads. But the Royal Navy's most recent test firing of a Trident missile failed. Instead of travelling thousands of miles across the Atlantic, the unarmed missile fell back into the sea close to the submarine that had launched it. The Defence Secretary, who was on board the submarine, has called it an anomaly and event-specific and says he has absolute confidence in the overall Trident system. But this is the second failure in a row. The 2016 test missile did launch properly, but then went off course. Trident is often called our ultimate insurance policy. But can we really rely on it? Zitrev with Kate Chabot and Professor Michael Clark. And Mike is here, not only as SITREP's resident explainer-in-chief, but also an acknowledged expert. Um, he briefed government ministers on the UK nuclear deterrent and was also asked to give evidence to the Commons Defence Committee after the 2016 Trident test failure. Uh, Mike, let's focus first on the most recent test. Essentially, the submarine and its crew did their job successfully. They launched the missile out of the boat and the water but then the missile failed to do its bit and didn't fire itself into the air. Is that a fair summary of what happened? Yes. And uh, to quote somebody um, close to the test, it plopped. Um, It's launched on a sort of column of of gas. So it's like a pop gun. It's launched like that. You can always see it when you when you see pictures of the MOD pictures of of Trident missiles launching it. um, it, You you can see it come out on a sort of pillar of, 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 of what looks like foam or steam but it's gas and then you suddenly see the fire um and it it, it sort of accelerates out of that and that's what didn't happen this time so it was launched and the motor failed and so it literally plopped somewhere behind the submarine instead of then going uh, onto its flight path which would have taken it you know uh, 1500 or so mile more than 1500 2000 miles into the atlantic so that is what happened it was a failure of the of the motors of the missile to fire at the right moment a pretty embarrassing plot wasn't it it certainly was. I mean, it sound, again, it sounds like something out of the Navy Lark, particularly as, as um, the Secretary of State and the First Sea Lord were both on board the submarine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, know. I can just imagine the, the captain to be there, t- hey? turning to the executive. Oh, what happened? Uh, it plopped, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't However, we, we shouldn't should, be we, laughing. Should no, we? no, we shouldn't <laughs> laugh. I mean, uh, but, and what the Navy said, and this is only partly credible, I think, is they say, look, because it was a test fire, it had lots of extra telemetry and other material on it, yeah. which is what accounted for the failure. And they wouldn't have those things on in the real event. Now, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I, 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 that may turn out to be the uh, the answer, but it seems too glib an answer to say, well, because it was full of test equipment, uh. that's what made the engines fail to fire. That still sounds it sounds to me like a rather considerable failure of the available engineering on these on these missiles. So can you just explain the job of this test? Because it wasn't just a test of the missile, was it? No, it's a test of the Vanguard. I mean, the Vanguard's just come out of a seven and a half year refit, very expensive one. And so it was going through all of its normal 
pre-deployment tests, and then and then the final, almost the final test, is to fire one of the missiles. I mean, the way these things work is that every now and again, a British boat goes to Kings Bay in Georgia, which is where the oh, the American Ohio-class submarines are, where the missiles are fitted. So that's the, the Americans store their Trident II D-5 missiles, as it is. They keep them all at Kings Bay, and we go there, we give them one load of missiles that we've had for X number of years, and they give us another lot. And sometimes we've taken on, you know, 30 or 40 missiles, sometimes as few as 12. So we never own the missiles, we rent them. And so, uh, and they, they pick the missiles they give to us, they pick at random from their stock. They don't just give us the, the next 12 or the next 20 in the line. They pick however many we want at random and they give them to us and then we fire one off to just to test it as a, a as a, a, a sort of an anonymous test. And this particular test was part also of the Vanguard's test program to get it back into service after its refit. So as far as we know, everything else was fine except the firing of the, the rocket motors of the missile itself. But as, as single points of failure go with um, an independent nuclear deterrent, that's a pretty important one. So ministers say the submarine part of the test was a success and that the missile failure was an anomaly and situation specific. You mentioned uh, before about that explanation that uh, there was extra test equipment that might have made it heavier. I mean, if you're saying that might be a bit rich, um, I mean, what, what else could be the explanation? Well, it, it suggests that there may have been a failure in the missile's own engineering. In other words, this may have been a dud missile rather than what we did to it to make it into one of the one of the test missiles i mean i don't know but that's the other possibility and when you think about the the failed test in 2016 that was because the missile went off course immediately and self-destructed as it needed to do and that all worked well the self-destruct but that was a failure to program the right information into it for some reason the missile was fed the wrong information in terms of its course. Now, that suggests to me that the failure was on our side. The failure was in something in the in the submarine. This one suggests to me that the failure was more on the American side, that it was something in the missile that, that mm. failed. Um, if the MOD's explanation is only a partial explanation, and I'm, I'm totally guessing now, but it just feels only like a partial explanation to me. If that was the case, then there is something about the, the missile that rendered it less reliable than we would have expected. And certainly it's very unfortunate that given that we don't do these tests very often, we normally do them every four to five years, and we haven't done one for eight years, the, you know, 2016 and then 2024, two failures for two different reasons, yes. doesn't, doesn't send a very good message to the world about the overall credibility of our deterrent forces. Two uh, failures for two different reason, reasons, but that means the last successful British test fire was over a decade ago. Correct. Um, and we haven't fired that many. I mean, we, you know, they, it is said, of course, that uh, Trident missiles have been tested over 190 times, which is true. The vast majority of them are American tests. We've only have, ever conducted about a dozen. Nobody's entirely clear about exactly how many, but the, the figures are somewhere between a dozen and 15 since we started to use them. Um, and we don't do it very often. I mean, I, I think we'd all be, be more... Um, comforted if they were tested rather more frequently but you know there's a cost implication to that and so on so mike do, do you have the, the figures at your fingertips of those tests that you mentioned how many have succeeded and how many have failed 
they, well, they've all succeeded until the last two, as far as the public is concerned. If there have been any other failures or yeah. delays in firing, then you know that that's internal. And indeed, I mean, this this particular test might have been bedeviled uh, beforehand because the Vanguard was due to fire off its missile before originally it was expected to fire it before the thirtieth of January, which is when when it did fire. And so there might have been some delays in the build up to that when they were checking other systems, and that's not unreasonable. You check system, it isn't entirely right. You, you, you hold off on the, the countdown and get it right and then start the countdown again or redo the countdown. There are all sorts of ways in which it might have worked. But um, as far as we know, in, in essence, all of the tests have worked until the 2016 test and the 2024 test. What about the American tests? They have been, of the 190 tests, at least six or eight have gone badly wrong quite near the beginning of the program. And, there are, you know, you, you can see on YouTube all sorts of examples of, of missiles going in a big circle. They take off and then they go in a big circle and sort of fall into the ocean a few miles away. Um, there have been a few of those for sure, um, but they were the earlier ones. And most of the American missiles that have been tested are believed to have been satisfactory in the more regular tests that they do. Is, is there any difference then between the Trident missiles the US has and the ones the UK has? No, there shouldn't be any. Um, so they're taken from the same stock. They're selected randomly from that stock. So they should be exactly the same missiles. The Trident II D5 missile, which are the, the current generation of missiles for both the, the American Ohio class boats and the Royal Navy's uh, present Vanguard class. And they will be for the Dreadnought class when it comes into service. The, the only difference is a, a pure one of, of uh, numbers. The Ohio boats have 16 tubes on them and they have a missile in every tube. Um, our boats also have 16 tubes, but we, all, we only use eight of them. So we fire, our boats are designed to fire eight missiles instead of 16. And each missile is thought to have five warheads on it. So we have eight times five. So our boats are said to or are intended to carry 40 warheads on one boat uh, within eight missiles. The Americans have double that number on a similar boat, but that's their choice. You know, we, we just, our boats are a bit smaller and we didn't want to give our boats the 16 missile capability because we didn't think it was needed. 40 warheads on one boat mm. is more than enough to destroy Moscow, which is always the fallback criteria. Whatever, whatever else they may be targeted on as an independent deterrent, they're targeted on Moscow at the moment. Um, and whatever defences Moscow may have, 40 missiles will destroy it. I mean, however many get through, and quite a number of them would get through, then that's the ultimate. Um, and that's always the fallback position in, in the worst possible circumstances. And these worst possible circumstances sound a bit more relevant these days, given all the threats that Russia makes of nuclear mm. retaliation about, about all sorts of things. Um, there's a simple reminder to say, look, Mr. Putin, you know, look, Mr. Medvedev, um, we have a Trident submarine under the Atlantic. It will fire eight missiles, 40 warheads. They're all heading for you. You may shoot down two or three of them. The other 35 will get through. So um, let's get to the crux of this. Ministers say Trident remains the most reliable weapons system in the world and that the test reaffirmed the effectiveness of the UK's nuclear deterrent in which the government has absolute confidence. Does that wash? Not entirely. I mean, they've got to say that because yeah. they can't say, well, we think we think the thing is only 90 percent credible all of a sudden. Um, so they have to say that. And it's a reasonable assumption. And the point is that, that I mean, no politician anywhere else in the world would take the risk 
that our that our um, our trident wouldn't work. I mean, it's mm. overwhelmingly likely that it would work. And I, I mean, I think this is not this is not a matter of of absolute credibility. It's just embarrassing, yeah. and it's embarrassing because we've had two test failures in a row. Which, and to me, the takeaway from that is not that you know tests can fail. That's why you test, and you've got to live with the failure. But two failures in a row over eight years is a problem. If we'd had two failures in a row and we tested three or four times in eight years, I'd, I'd feel better about that. But because we test so infrequently at the moment, these two failures then loom larger in the public um, imagination about the British deterrent. And it certainly makes for some um, fairly off-colour jokes. You mentioned uh, Mr Putin and Mr Medvedev. Um, do you think they're going to be convinced our nuclear weapons work? I mean, I'm sure they're absolutely jumping for joy over this. Um, it's no use, though, as a deterrent, if they think it's a dud. How do you think they'll be interpreting it? They will interpret it as a good stick with which to beat the British. I mean, because they, they always accord Britain a, 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 a sort of premier place right next to America in the pantheon of adversaries who they think are trying to destroy Russia. And so they'll certainly use this as an example of Britain as a, a post-colonial paper tiger, you know, toothless tiger, toothless lion that can't really do anything. In reality, they know that um, our weapons are are very, very likely to work exactly as we say they do. And they will know also that their own tests reveal a much higher failure rate. I mean, they've, they've you know, something like 50 or 60% of their weapons only uh, are reliable. And they have test failure after test failure of all of their, you know, their new weapons and even those that they take out of storage. They're not terribly reliable. And they will know that. Which, mm. And again, the same logic applies. If the Russians were ever to launch their weapons against us, we would never, even if even if 40% of them failed, we would know that, that some of them would work. And if some of them works, then that's a credible deterrent. And on this specific incident, do you think the Royal Navy and the MOD have completed their work or will there be more going on behind closed and very secure doors? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, well, the first thing they've got to do is recover the missile. And so, I mean, that missile is is somewhere off Florida. They'll know pretty precisely where it is because it was only just behind the submarine. But they've got to get the missile back. Um, f first of all, to examine it. Secondly, to make sure nobody else gets hold of it, hold of, it of course. So that will be a very um, sensitive military area until they've got the missile back. And I'm sure they won't tell us when they've got it back. They'll just get it back. I don't think they will have done by, by now, but sometime soon they will recover it. And they've got to have a good look at that. And then they'll be talking to the Americans about the nature of the stock. And they'll be trying to go through, literally trying to work out exactly what happened and how worried they should be. So their initial statements are, look, we're really not worried. This is just a presentational problem. They don't know yet how worried they should be. When they get the missile back, then they'll be able to work that out. And then some action will follow from that. But we won't hear very much about it publicly because the nature of the, de the deterrent is that this is a very reliable deterrent and it will continue to be reliable. That's the public line. And, and you know, you can't expect the government to say anything other than that, really. And you've got a feel for the crew of HMS Vanguard who had the Defence Secretary and the first Sea Lord on board when this happened. Yeah, you have. Um, they will be, uh, they'll be philosophical about it. But uh, they know that, that this is, I mean, like vengeance in 2015, you know, vengeance had its test fail. And that, that the 2016 failure might have been much more um, consequential, actually. And it was the cover-up after 2016 that did the uh, MOD no good at all. And the reason, the reason that I gave evidence to the Defence Committee that you mentioned at the beginning was about the way they covered up. 
And in this case, I mean, it didn't exactly announce this failure on the 30th of, of January. It came out in an article in the Sun newspaper this week. So, again, it's, it's leaked. They didn't want to tell anyone about it. And so, mm. the, you know, the vengeance in 2016, the vanguard in 2024 uh, will be embarrassed by this and the crew won't be very happy about it. I mean, as I say, they'll try and be philosophical and there'll be a, a certain amount of black humour. But nobody wants to be associated with a, with a particular voyage just as the submarine was coming back into service, which will go down in British nuclear history. You know, Mike, I think there's going to be another invitation coming your way to give evidence to the Commons Defence Committee rather soon. <laughs> well, we'll see. Your, your work is unfinished. Mike Clark, thank you so much. That's great talking to you. Thanks for your analysis. My pleasure. News, discussions and analysis. This is Zitrap.